my name is Brendan Beneshot. I'm the co-founder and COO of TopTal, and we are listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. TopTal. TopTal is a marketplace for the top developers and top designers. So to get a no-risk trial period of up to two weeks with the top 3% of developers and designers in the world, visit toptal.com forward slash pool, toptal.com forward slash pool. And thank you to TopTal for supporting this episode. Brand Bucket, the largest resource of unique brands with available domains. Visit brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase brandbucket.com forward slash app guy and get a free $75 Invato gift card with every purchase. Thank you, Brand Bucket, for supporting this episode. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp. So this is the show where I go and speak with founders around the world, cool CEOs, startups, and anyone who can help us in tech uh, and the startup scene. Uh, today, I've been waiting for this guest for a long time. He's a great guest. I've been introduced to him uh, through some contacts and he's uh, given us some time to talk on the show. We're delighted to have Shane Mack. Shane Mack is the CEO and co-founder of Assist. Just go to A-S-S-I-S-T, that's Assist, one of those clever domain names. And uh, Shane, yeah, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey man, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to come on. Well, let's just just jump straight into uh, Assist because uh, over the last uh, several uh, episodes, we've been getting a lot of talk about AI, about uh, bots. Uh, You know, what is Assist and and how's it uh, capturing uh, this whole trend towards uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning? Yeah, Assist, we just power businesses on messaging, specifically doing commerce and automated service. So... Uh, we mostly Fortune 500, so major big brands. You know, we power, if you want to buy uh, flowers on Facebook Messenger without talking to a person on the phone, we power the engine that allows you to do an entire commerce experience uh, through Facebook Messenger buying flowers. If you want to buy movie tickets, we power Fandango. If you want to book classes um, at a Sephora store without you know, going through an, a crappy mobile website or downloading their app, you can do it through any messaging platform. We power that. So major brands, Sephora, Hyatt, 1-800-Flowers, Fandango, et cetera, doing automated commerce experiences. And then really what we do is we integrate with support systems. So, you know, over the past 10 years, social support, support in general, uh, you have Zendesk, Commerce Social, Live Person, et cetera. And we integrate with all of those. So whenever we can't understand something, we say, hey, just a second, we'll get you a human. Uh, and then, you know, in the future, what it is, is that every time we monitor those interactions, we can start to answer those instantly because we've seen it before. Businesses can provide better service. And for the first time in history, as a company gets much bigger, they can actually provide better service. And like, that's really what's driving us. That, that, that is uh, unbelievable. Uh, so, I, you know, I would love to know a little bit more about the Facebook Messenger uh, ability, you know, we've heard a lot about uh, the, the uh, use of bots within Messenger. I've personally never seen it. I, um, I've got an idea of how I, I can use it. I don't think it's uh, broadly out yet. I'm not seeing it. I don't think in the UK. Uh, what uh, is the user experience for Facebook Messenger when uh, going through and, and maybe booking uh, those tickets to the cinema? 
Yeah, I mean, the promise here is not realized yet, right? This is a nascent space. It's pretty new. The platforms, I mean, it's been less than three months old. We were actually the keynote for Zuckerberg in March when he keynoted 1-800-Flowers. We powered that entire experience. And so it's very nascent space and a lot of crappy experiences. So I think the first to set the expectation is that what you see is not what it's going to be. But the promise is really that you know, the old days were about calling on a phone to order flowers, decision trees. You know, I don't think you've ever actually had a call recorded for quality assurances, even though every brand says they do. (laughs) And so like what happens is today you just go and you say, I want to buy flowers. And then all of the pieces of that flow, the address lookup, the Google API integration, browsing the inventory on Facebook Messenger, the platforms are enabling UI. So on Facebook now, you can have these cards that are a carousel that you can scroll through. So you can almost browse inventory much like you did on the apps or web, except it's part of a conversation. And so what's changing now is in an app and web world, you have these structured trees and flows, right? You go to a checkout flow cart that has 10 steps. Well, take Fandango, for example. Their app to checkout is about 20 steps. It's what city are you in? What theater do you want? What movie do you want? What times are you looking? Not those times. Well, what happens now is we have that built. So on Facebook Messenger, you can walk down a structured tree flow. But if I type, is Finding Dory playing on Sunday evening in Peoria, Illinois? It comes back with 7.30 p.m. Sunday evening, and it's one step. You click it, and you buy. And so what happens is NLP, machine learning, AI. AI, just to be clear, is not really here yet. It's a big promise, but broad AI, still far away. But applying NLP and machine learning to that subset of the world, movie tickets, you're able to remove 20 steps and make it one. And what happens is, say, a 10-step flow you say, I say it said a movie in Peoria, Illinois. Well, we know you want a movie. We know your city. Um, and so we can remove steps to make it less friction. So the whole goal of any company of any human behavior is really reducing friction. So our whole metric is like, how do you remove steps because you have enough intent? And so it's cool. Like, you know, you take step two, five, nine out, and now you only need three, four, five, six, seven, eight that's a good improvement from what it was. And then when you really get into it and you bit personalization and a little more details about you and it remembers stuff about you, it's going to be you know, pretty amazing, I think, in the next two or three years. You know, what's worrying me is that, I mean, this show is all about apps. We've been doing it for several years. I've been doing it. And I'm kind of worried that apps are getting neglected in this new world. You've just described an experience where the friction is the actual downloading of the app and you're removing that uh, friction. I mean, it's funny. Yes, sorry. Yesterday, we actually powered the bot for the bot conference. So the largest mobile beat conference in San Francisco, we built the bot, right? What's ironic is on Monday, the company that builds apps for conferences, Double Dutch, laid off 30% of their staff. No one wants to download an app for a conference. It's friction. It, I delete it when I leave. It, it is usually kind of clunky. It's kind of an out-of-the-box template that just kind of has some stuff. It doesn't have live chat built in. It can't answer questions automatically. And in under two weeks, we built this bot. 
that had the full speaker schedule, had check-in to each session, survey after the session, reminders for what sessions. You could ask it any question, like what's the Wi-Fi? All the machine learning in NLP can answer like, hey, the password's here, where are the bathrooms? Here's the bathrooms. Where's the bar at? Hey, the bar's located on the second floor. And in under two weeks, we built an experience that yesterday had 50% of people at the whole conference that used it. And all they had to do was just send a message to the company. And so the fact that you can build live <laughs> chat, live chat built-in integration to Zendesk, so you could talk to support, you could answer questions automatically with NLP and in machine learning, and you had the entire structured flow of speakers, sessions, info, parking, all that. Yeah, I don't see, you know, the app world is an interesting shift right now where high utility, low friction experiences, I think are going to move really quickly away from apps. I do think apps are amazing in a lot of things, though. Games, social networks, a lot of apps are great, but they're really expensive. They're really hard to maintain. And the reality is there's not a lot of apps. The, if you compare the web size to the app world size, there's like 3 million apps. It's tiny. It's because it's expensive, hard, and no one really ended up wanting them. I mean, this is fascinating because uh, I uh, earn my income from the app store. Uh, many of the apps to tribe listening to this uh, make their living off the app store. And I guess we should now be thinking quite hard about the direction that we're taking and moving into the bot world. Because uh, what I'm learning from you is that there are only perhaps um, a handful of apps that we regularly regularly use, you know, like Facebook Messenger, for example. And I guess Facebook dominate the top charts anyway with Instagram and WhatsApp. And so we should just assume that that's the future, that only people will use a few apps and we should just then try to um, leverage their platform. Is, is that what you're saying? You know, the stats on apps are actually pretty astounding. I think it's like 97% of all apps that people download, they delete in 60 days. And uh, 65% of every person who has a mobile phone downloads zero apps every month. Like that's just like, that's the real stats after six to seven years of the app environment. So, you know, I built apps for seven years. Like I love apps. Uh, the retention and getting people to download new apps, uh, just so hard. And if you look at all the money spent and where this industry is going, mobile has kind of played out now and we're kind of in a mature environment. And what's shifting is every ad dollar you see on the internet right now that's on social networks just to download an app. They're driving every dollar to download an app people don't want. And if you could get them to never leave platforms, Facebook opens up discovery. You can get everything you can get from an app without leaving Twitter, without leaving Instagram, without leaving Facebook, because they all have messaging and better experience. The ad dollars, the search of the idea of search is going to change. Facebook's going to have their own discovery that if you tap search bar right now, bots show up in the thing. If you search painter, businesses show up before people now. Like the idea of SEO 10 years ago of like AdWords, there's going to be like a whole new ranking system that's based on response time. You show up first if you respond instantly. If you have a bot, you always respond instantly. Like everything's going to change and it's going to happen so quick because the internet's only 300 million people and we're dealing with platforms now that are actually the biggest internet we've ever seen and now we're adding into it businesses. It's just going to be, it's going to be a fast shift, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're loving it. That's why we've got you on. And uh, you know, uh, let's just change gears slightly because uh, a lot of people listening to this do leave their corporate jobs, uh, you know, go and become a founder, start on their own. And here, I'd love to know your story because you've gone from wherever you started to having a keynote. I'm guessing Zuckerberg was in the room there when you were talking about 100, uh, 1-800-Flowers. So, so he keynoted how, it. Yeah. Sorry? 
It was his keynote. He keynoted our stuff. Uh, right. Okay. We well, so um, you obviously got on his radar, <laughs> which is really impressive. And how did you? Uh, what attracted you to uh, get into startups and you know work for yourself? Honestly, it was all an accident. I was I was brought up in the most like be risk adverse. My dad's a blue collar guy. He's a steam fitter. I'm from a small town in Illinois that has cornfields. Uh, I went to Western Illinois, which is the exact opposite of Stanford, um, and. I never really even thought about tech. I was always curious about tech. And I was a finance and economics double major. I thought Wall Street was like the way. And what happened was I started playing music in college. And during the music time, this guy, my last name is actually McSymov, not Mac, and no one really knows that. And I was playing these shows and he was like, you need a website because I want to show my boss who were paying to play this like one man band show. And I basically was just promoting Miller Lite at bars on Friday nights. That was my job. And my dad was like, music's not a career. Like, don't think this is a thing you need to do. Like, you need to go to Wall Street. And so I started building websites for myself and ShaneMcSimov.com. Uh, and then that's actually how my name came out to be Shane Mack. It's just because he was like, dude, no one can spell that website. <laughs> like no one can spell McSimov ever. It's the worst name ever. Just make it short. And I was like, my coach used to call me Mac. And then that's how I got into it. And then I learned how to code and I started teaching myself just basic website stuff, PHP, backend stuff, whatever. And so I just started doing it. And then my brother really is 10 years older than me. I was just getting out of college. I had a girlfriend back home. So I moved back home. And, you know, I didn't go to Wall Street. He was like, man, you have to leave. And so he convinced me to move to Seattle. And in 2007, I literally sent a tweet to a person in Seattle, this girl named Jen. And I was new to Twitter. I didn't really know what Twitter was. If you were on Twitter in 07, I'm not sure if you were. Like, everyone thought it was so dumb. It was so <laughs> creepy. Like, it was old days. Like, people, you're trying to convince people Twitter is a real thing. And this girl, I, uh, I actually said, like, I jumped into a conversation and I was like, hey, where's my coffee? Because she was talking to another girl about getting coffee. And I was new to Seattle and I was like, whatever. And this random tweet ends up, she responds like anytime you want. And for me, I was like, is this online dating? This is kind of weird. What is going on? I'm talking to a stranger on the internet. And coming from uh, you know this weird little interaction, I kind of saw Twitter as this way to talk to anyone in the world. And I was like, if I can talk to anyone in the world, I could hopefully get access to networks I don't have. We go have coffee, whatever. I told her this idea I had. I was like, social networks to me are playing out in a way where I don't care about Jen on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or MySpace or email or calendar or phone. I just care about Jen. Why can't I just aggregate all of the social networks into one address book and then have a view of the world that ranks all my contacts and lets me know who matters most and who matters now? And so I started kind of concepting that. And she's like, you have to meet this guy named T.A., so I meet TA and he's the catalyst that changed my life. So if I think about the moment of looking back 10 years ago, what I would have done, I meet this guy. He ends up being a pretty much a superpower in Seattle. He's done three companies. He won the America's Cup in 92. He's like professional athlete. And then he, he built Exchange at Microsoft. And so then he knew, became known by Paul Allen. And he ends up being an entrepreneur in residence for Paul Allen. So all he does is build products for the founder of Microsoft. So I have a drinks with TA. We spend like four hours one night and I'm sitting at home. I don't, I'm not really in tech. He's like startup guy. And I, he showed me his product and I was like, man, I just thought it sucked. To be honest with you, I was like, it's, it felt like Microsoft Excel, but it was, and 
it was very much the same idea though. Like how do we add meaning and context to all of our relationships? And as we become more connected over time, how do we add value to it? So I went home and for a month straight, I stayed up every night till 4 a.m. And I, I literally designed every piece of how I thought the product could be better or different from every email to every language, to every word, to every screen, every single piece of the product. And after a month of work, I sent him a zip file that was literally like a link that was like 500 gigabytes. It was huge. And I, I, my email was a subject line that said, I hope this can help. And that's all I did. And he called me and he said, why don't you come work with me? Let's do the company together. Join me. You don't know how to build a company, but you're like young and way overconfident, but very ignorant. You don't know how to raise money. You don't know how to hire, but you have kind of what I saw in myself 20 years ago. And literally just took me under his wing. And we raised a million dollars from Paul Allen. Our seed round was from Brad Feld, Foundry Group. And, um, you know, it was great. I got to watch. We went from zero to 12 people. We stayed really small. We raised three and a half million bucks and we sold it for 50 million to BlackBerry in 2009. And so for me, I got to instantly see a world that I had no idea. And since that day, I've just been in the game. Um, and what's crazy to me is that I met him because of Twitter. And then the guy that I went and did my next company with, I actually met on Twitter while we were at GIST because we bought a company off him. And I saw him do this startup weekend company. And so I was like, hey, man, I would like to buy that off you. <laughs> and we, we, we bought this product called Learn That Name and just plugged it into the GIST app. The minute I was at BlackBerry for a while, Eric called me. He's like, you want to move to San Francisco and let's do another company. So I moved here and we did a company called Zarly. Uh, it, it was a pretty overhyped company. We did almost everything you can do wrong in Silicon Valley. It's still a company today because the CEO is amazing, Bo. And, uh, you know, I, I got to do the four and a half year hype cycle. We raised $35 million. We hired 85 people. Our burn rate was through the roof. We fired 50. Like, it was pretty, actually, a, a rough ride. But I'm glad I went through it. And uh, then, the, you know, all of us left or whatever. And I said I'd only leave if Bo, the CEO, would invest in my next company. And TA, the, my first, like, mentor and CEO. And I feel like I got to learn from two great CEOs. And so the advice to myself was really... When I hear people say they want to start a company and they've never done it, I think you really, really, really increase your odds by getting with a CEO that's done it before who you want to become. Because there's so many questions when you get into venture world or bootstrap world that you don't know and you spend all of your time going around trying to just answer all this shit that someone already knows. And my single greatest thing that I had is two CEOs that were pros, like the best in the world. Uh, like Bo was a president of Kaufman, had done do, two biotech companies, sold them both. He used to manage a $100 million fund. And like he understood venture capital like I've never seen. TA, just a disciplined machine, knew everything about raising money and process and team and hiring and culture. It was amazing. And then, you know, now I have the greatest co-founder in the world. And I have two of them. Gio worked with me for seven years. And then I actually recruited uh, Robert Stevens, who was the founder of Geek Squad and the CTO of Best Buy for eight years, uh, to be my co-founder. And so he's my co-founder of Assist. A lot of this is his idea. Let me tell you about Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket is the place to go to search for company names, for project names, uh, invented names, or a, a name that is inspired by a keyword. And so if you go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, you can actually search a brand bucket. They have 39,000 plus uh, names for you to search. 
and you can search uh, through posting a keyword and uh, you can search for invented names and i've just uh, gone to this uh, link uh, i've typed in podcast you know just imagine that now i'm uh, releasing a new podcast and i need some ideas on a, a show uh, i've got these great names and they're all packaged got wonderful logos i mean just imagine the cost savings you're going through without having to employ a, a designer or a creative agency uh, and also you get the dot com which is uh, really hard uh, in fact i didn't get the dot com for the app guy so i kind of regret that uh, so here we go um, these are the names i've just typed in um, and found for podcast next broadcast yopod podigo radio folo podvine podlab snappy media that's pretty cool let's look at some of the invented names click on that podemo venga zunido Podview, YumPod, uh, TalkReel. Oh, man, this is so addictive. Really, really encourage you to go and type in, hey, just type in your name or whatever industry you're in, go and type in your industry. You'll get some really awesome names. And these guys have been used by some really big names that have become successful. Invato is one of them. In fact, they are uh, giving us uh, $75 a gift card for the Invato marketplace for every purchase made through the link I'm going to give you. So it's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy and Brandbucket really is the best place to go and find startup names, company names, project names uh, with the complete bundled package. Thanks very much to Brandbucket for supporting the episode. This podcast is also sponsored by TopTal. Now TopTal have a lot of clients going to them and essentially they are the trusted advisor because the clients will say something like, hey, we're looking for this sort of person or we need to augment our team or we need the right person who can pick up this project and just run with it. And they come to TopTal trusting that TopTal are going to find an ideal person for them. It's like being able to come to TopTal and just hand off everything you need with regards to a great developer or a great designer in your project that you're working on. So they get lots of clients just going to them and just handing off all the projects that need doing and they will know that TopTal will find a trusted great developer. And it's not really a case of simply hand-holding, it's more of a case that they're a concierge sort of a deal. Because from the client's perspective, when you look at how they look at value, time is one of the very biggest concerns. And when you're working with a startup or an enterprise, one theme that remains constant throughout. And that theme is talent is really hard to find. I mean, you, if you're a long-term listener of this show, you'll know that, right? So when you go to TopTal, they will typically find a person for you within two weeks. And when you look at a normal recruiting process, even for an enterprise company that has a huge recruiting staff and numerous outside recruiting agencies at their disposal, it might be looking at two months to find great people to bring onto their team. And TopTal are able to do that in two weeks or less. And you know, many of their clients see profiles of developers or designers within 24 hours. So to go through their process and to be introduced to some great developers and great designers, go to toptal.com forward slash pool toptel.com forward slash Paul. If you use that link, you will get access to their up to two week risk-free trial. It's totally risk-free. They will pay the costs of the developer or designer if it isn't a good fit and they will then get you set up with someone else. It's an incredible network, an incredible community. I'm a big fan and thank you Toptel for supporting the show.
you know, Shane, actually, just uh, jumping in here. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the big themes from the entire 483 episodes we've had on the show is the importance of network. Uh, what you've gone to demonstrate is how important it is to network, whether that's through Twitter, social media, or in person. Uh, I guess you'd agree with that. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, you know, I, th- I think of it the opposite way is I never try to have an ask of anyone. I always try to just add value to everyone. And I spend all of my time you know, when you build a, when you build an entire company around a smart address book and how to find context and how to find news about them or their company, how to know when to reach out, how to be timely, how to be helpful. Uh, when you, when you do that and you think about it as work, things pay off. And so in 10 years now, because I met TA, he taught me this philosophy that think about it an hour a day. So an hour a day I spend just looking on how to be helpful on anything. Some are big. Sometimes I get wrapped up for hours. Sometimes it's just for a second. People will be like, why do you do this? What do you get out of it? What does it matter? And if you have that attitude, then you're fucked anyways. But if you have the attitude of like, I actually feel better when I help someone. I actually learn when I help someone. And I actually build a better relationship when I do that. And you do that 10 times in an hour, 365 days a year, 10 years in a row. That's 36,000 people. And I'm spotting that. Uh, and, and in fact, that's an inspiring thing to say uh, to the entire Appster tribe listening to this. So, Shane, there's one more thing we'd like to do before we say goodbye to you. And, and that's uh, understand who listening to this would be a, a good client for you who could get involved with Assist. What, what types of uh, you know, entrepreneurs or people listening, brand owners, t- tell us who should get involved in Assist. You know, on the hiring front, we're hiring across every every discipline: um, sales, BD, account management, engineering, product. So, uh, people you know interested in kind of how do you make businesses more efficient, better, and every business in the world be able to you know be able to offer what only in the past big brands or middlemen could offer: scheduling, pre-ordering, all the stuff. Um, and then on the customer side, you know, we're focused on the, the large kind of making the large businesses more efficient, better, and a better way to connect with their customers. So really the, the verticals we focus on are retail, e-commerce, travel, entertainment, most of the, you know, the bigger verticals, the, you know, Sephora's, the Hyatt's, the Marriott's, that kind of stuff. And so that's definitely where we're spending our efforts today. Uh, but we think you, you, know, you start with your highest aspirational clients and you work backwards to make the technology available. Our goal is that the retail store, the corner, just think of Bob's retail store. He's sitting there fixing a, you know, a key. He's like mining the key. He doesn't have any employees. And you're just like, hey, do you have any like red LED light bulbs in stock? And if he answers that one time in a text message, he should never answer it again. And all of a sudden, the whole world, as simple as just sending text back and forth or training the whole system to be more efficient and better for everyone. Um, and so our goal is to get to the point where every business in the world basically has bots and messaging automation. But we start with the big clients because it really helps us learn in a you know, pretty new space. Uh, but, you know, so that's where we're at today. But our, our, our aspirations are that every business, the first line of, you know, the consumer interaction is getting consumers what they want instantly. And so we think everyone in the world will have a bot. It'll be bigger than the web. I think it'll be bigger than apps. And if that's true, uh, every single thing needed to be built for the web and apps will be rebuilt. Analytics, testing tools, uh, infrastructure, UX, etc. 
Shane, the people listening to this podcast have been rewarded now, I feel, because we've had a big prediction on the future. Uh, so the full show notes will be at the theappguy.co, theappguy.co episode 482 uh, with uh, Shane Mack. And uh, Shane, how best can people reach out to you and assist? What What is the best way of getting in touch? Yeah, Twitter is probably the best, to be honest with you, just at Shane Mack, M-A-C, Shane M-A-C on Twitter. Great. Well, thanks for joining us on the App Guide podcast. All the best with uh, the future. I mean, I would love to get you back on in a year or two's time to see where you end up but uh, and to see if the predictions come true. But uh, really exciting future. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much.